0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit, the host of the podcast, as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. And we're continuing on with our season preview series tonight with a program that has, I I think it's fair to say, underwhelmed over the last few years, but hoping for, for better this season. And that's Indiana basketball, led by Archie Miller. And to help break us down, we have Seth on, been on a few times before, Seth. How's it going?
1: I'm doing well, Thomas. How you doing?
0: Good, good. Thanks for joining us. And again, I like I said, I know we've had you on a couple times before, but if you want to just let our listeners know where they can check you out and what you're up to these days,
1: so you can find me on Twitter at Seth Tow. My name S-E-T-H-T-O-W. Uh, you can find me on on Instagram too, although I'm not that active on my personal Instagram. Uh, <laughs> You can easily find me on Instagram too, but mainly on Twitter. Um, recently unemployed, like so many during this pandemic, uh, so I'm actively looking yeah. for sports reporter jobs of the like. So, if you know a guy, my DMs are open.
0: <laughs> Excellent, yeah. So anybody listen to this, uh, we got we got a quality writer here, so check him out. But um, but yeah, let's jump into it. Seth has a great background in Indiana hoops. So we'll, we'll get into the Hoosiers here. Um, Let's just start with last season, really the last couple of years, Indiana has been ascending probably a little slower than fans would, would have liked, but each season, Indiana has gotten a little better under Archie Miller. And now the program um, would, they would have made the NCAA tournament last year. I feel pretty confident in saying that had COVID not canceled the postseason and the remainder of the big 10 tournament. Um, But Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, fans are hoping for another step forward. What's the mindset of, of Hoosier fans at this point? Um, what are the general thoughts on where the program is and sort of just the expectations coming into this season?
1: I guess the sense that there's a lot of positive vibes right now. I think last year, I think the first couple years, we're heading into year four of Archie Miller's tenure at
0: mm-hmm. Indiana.
1: And the first two years started off really slowly. But last year, you started to see the real first signs of tangible progress. Like you said, they would have made the NCAA tournament last year had the tournament happened. Indiana actually played in the infamous game that kind of blew the whole <laughs> thing up when, when, when against Nebraska.
0: When,
1: yeah. Uh, I'm, why am I blanking on the, on, uh, the Nebraska coaches? I know the oh, Nebraska Oh, Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Fred yeah. Hoiberg. When Fred Hoiberg was slumped over, in his chair and everyone thought that he had coronavirus. Yeah. He, they, they played in that game, which is kind of, unfortunately, my, my lasting memory from last season, yeah. but, but it, no, it, there was some tangible progress for Indiana last year. And I think the good thing for this coming year's Hooser team is most of the team is back. Indiana mm-hmm. did not lose much from last year to this year. And the core, the, the main core of the team is all back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think it's it's pretty clear. You can see Indiana has been taking a step up each year. Team is getting more competitive. And last year, they they really had the resume of a bubble team and overall record pretty solid. I th- I think it was like nineteen and fifteen. I'm trying to pull up Ken Palmier to get the, 20 the exact and record. Twenty and twelve. Okay, yeah, close enough. Um, but they, I mean the the typical bubble resume 20 wins right around that mark but generally beat the teams they should beat fell against against the top teams as you would expect of of a bubble team but as you mentioned you know they they scored some solid wins during the year they beat florida state they beat michigan state they beat ohio state those were some really nice wins and i think you saw as you mentioned um they they got the win over Nebraska in that final game or the the horror fest I don't know depending on your perspective uh, <laughs> that led into COVID and you know I think a lot of fans were excited to see what would have happened in the Big Ten tournament and um, presumably a decent bid in the NCAA tournament as a bubble team but now yeah I think the team looks better coming into that this season and we'll get to that a little bit but. Um, specifically transitioning from last season. You mentioned teams not losing much, largely the same. Um, what are the biggest departures fans should be aware of from last season? And conversely, who are the big additions that um, fans should be looking forward to?
1: So as far as losses, there are really 3 only three players that are of any significance that Indiana lost from last year, two to graduation and one to transfer. Uh, Devontae Green, the senior guard, graduated. He had his best collegiate season last year, but mm-hmm. he was, for four years, was widely frustrating with his inconsistency <laughs> in, a, in an IU uniform. When when he was on his game, he was real good, but that, that it just came in and out so much, and when he was off his game, it could be hard to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Deron Davis graduated, and... <laughs> That's a guy who I always thought had better, early on thought he had better potential than what he amounted yeah. to, you know. Just could early on couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Got plagued by injuries a little bit in the middle of his career, and then by the end, it, when he was a senior, he just wasn't athletic enough to carve out a, a big role on last year's team. When you had a guy, when you had guys like Indiana had in the front court last year. And then there was mm-hmm. Justin Smith to transfer. And Justin Smith, like Devontae Green, was a widely polarizing figure in Bloomington. Smith uh, transferred to Arkansas, had length, had the physical stature to be like a really, really good player. And even if he could have filled, filled out, just he could have been an NBA type player if he could have really sharpened that his skill. But it really just never came around for him. He never liked Green a little bit. He never developed that consistency especially on the offensive end, he never developed that consistency and it, he just was a problem more often than not when he was on the court for Indiana and <laughs> it kind of bubbled over. And I think lat, toward towards the end of last season, it seemed like it bubbled over and it became clear that he wasn't going to have a role going forward. And I think I submit, we were messaging a little bit in the off season. And I told you, I would be surprised if Smith didn't transfer and lo and behold, he did. Yeah. So those are the key losses. Uh, Indiana had a good recruiting class that's coming in this year, and the the main guy from that is Christian Lander, a five-star. I believe he was a five-star. He reclassified yeah. from 2021, so he's going to be young, and obviously will need to fill out and add some strength. But this kid can play, and I would expect him to play right off the bat. He mm-hmm. might, he may start for this IU team. Surprisingly, he uh, even a reclassified freshman like this, he may be able to start. He's that good. I've, I got to shout out my friends here, John, John Sauber who covers Penn state for the center daily times and you uh, a year covering Indiana basketball recruiting. Uh, and my buddy, Cam Drummond, who uh, pe- followed me up, me and Ben Ladner up at inside the hall last year and mm. was a little more plugged into IU basketball over the last year than I was. Those two guys gave me some good notes on all these guys. But you know, from John, he he says says of Lander that he was an elite top start, elite elite top star guy with the ball, lightning quick, can pass with either hand, good handle, and you know, obviously a, a kid like that, he's got some work to do to really improve. But he's so because he's so young. But this was a guy yeah. that was a five-star national-level recruit. He's going to play a role for this IU team right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got and then you got a few other guys, Trey Galloway. Uh, a bunch of guards coming in for this class which is good because indiana's got a lot of guys in the front court right now they needed to kind of bolster their guard play you know so lander's a guard trey galloway's a guard uh anthony leal i believe is also anthony leal and george geronimo i think they're all guards i could be wrong but i believe they're all guards and I'm not sure exactly. It seems like Lander is the most likely to play a role early on, but all of them yeah. at some point could factor in, especially just because there's not a ton of depth beyond the, the the guards that Indiana returned. They didn't even have that much depth in the front court last year, I feel like, and they lost Devontae Green now. Indiana right now this year is going to have Rob Finnessy and Al Durham, and they return Armon Franklin off the bench. But other than that, you're going to see a lot of these freshmen playing in, in the, in the backcourt for IU. The front court is going to be the big strength and you look at trace jackson davis as probably one of the better players in the big 10 this year and if, if he continues the ascent that he looked to be on last year i mean he's a really good player and i think that ceiling how he plays is going to dictate i.e. ceiling
0: mm-hmm. fair enough yeah i i agree with generally uh all your points there as far as the Departures, I think I'm a little bit higher on Smith than, than you are. Uh, it sounds like uh, maybe I'm in the, the other camp, but I, I kind of classify him as like a glue guy plus, where I think he was a little bit better than your generic glue guy who's just all effort, but just more so of he contributed in a lot of different areas, and I, I think that sometimes gets a little underrated um, in the evaluations. But I think he's the biggest departure by far, but Green is your – I mean, just your typical senior uh, solid starter at, I mean, no offense to the guy, seems like a nice guy, but is very replaceable. Um, so I, I think, generally speaking, Indiana got off pretty light in terms of departures, especially for a team that was a quasi NCAA tournament team. I mean, not officially, but generally speaking, they were. Um, so really only lose one piece. I think is is pretty noteworthy in today's college basketball. So that's a great start there. And then, as you mentioned, Lander is the big guy coming in. Um, I think he's going to start from day one. I think he's going to be a big contributor. I don't want to put too much on, on a freshman, particularly a young, young freshman, but he just looks like he's going to be a, a big-time contributor. I think he's got to grow a little bit in his outside game, but I think getting to the hoop, that type of stuff, I think he – could be really dynamic for Indiana and potentially give the team another um, all Big Ten type of player. Obviously, they have one in Jackson Davis, maybe somebody else. But I think Landers, probably their best shot is that second level star, which really would elevate Indiana from a bubble team to a, a top half uh, um maybe even an outside shot at, at a Big Ten title if if he really does elevate. But um, moreover, the rest of the guys, as you said, I, I think one of them are going to provide depth, I agree. But really nice class overall, and Lander obviously being the centerpiece. So should be should be a lot of fun. So we've talked a little bit about last season. We've talked a little bit about who's out the door, who's coming in. Um, what are you most excited about for this year's Indiana team? And on the other side, what are you the most worried about for the Hoosiers?
1: Well, I think I talked about Trace Jackson Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see how he comes back out. He had a he was really good last year. I mean, I have the stats. One second he he averaged 13 and a half points and almost eight and a half rebounds a game. That's really good for a freshman. And if he oh, can yeah. take a take a, if he's able to take a step forward and average a double double, you're not even just looking at one of the better players in the Big Ten. You're looking at one of the better players in the country. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to have Indiana fans excited. And I've also heard through my friend Cam Drummond that uh, he's working on his range a little bit, and they may be okay. giving him the green light to shoot some three pointers. And <laughs> you want to talk about opening up some spacing for that team? Yeah, having a guy like Trey Jackson Davis shooting threes. Would really open some stuff up for this team. <laughs> Another guy that I did not mention before who I'm excited to see how he comes out is Jerome Hunter. Hunter yeah. was, he's a redshirt sophomore, I think. He's a redshirt sophomore. He had a lot of injury. He, he was out with injuries as a freshman. And then last year was kind of still coming back from all that injury stuff and kind of had to ease his way into things. But he's a real three point shooter, he showed some real promise at times last year, and he's a guy that Indiana's, especially when you look at the shooting that they're losing, in Devont, not that Devontae Green was some, like, otherworldly shooter
0: or anything,
1: mm-hmm. but when, you, when he was one of the team's better three-point shooters because Indiana just wasn't a good three-point team. So when you look at the, the guy that needs to step up to fill that void is going to be Jerome Hunter. Hunter shot was – he shot, like, a little over 30% from three. They're going to need him to do better than that but he's capable of it. And I think now that he's going to have a, he's had a full off I mean, I guess no one has really had a full normal off season this year with everything going yeah. on, but, but now that he's actually been able to work on basketball in the off season, instead of working on rehabbing from an injury, I'm really excited right. to see how he looks like with a, like coming out into a season fully fresh. I think he'll be really important for Indiana this year. I'm not sure that he'll necessarily start, especially not right off the bat, but I think he's going to be a really, really important player for Indiana. Those two, and then Rob Finnessy is the other one. He's been one of my favorite players to watch in the Big Ten, and especially at Indiana over the last several years. You mentioned that maybe looking at a guy to get to an all Big Ten level, he's not going to be all first team by any stretch of the imagination yet. But I came on his podcast last year and said, that's a guy that you want to keep an eye on down the road the next couple years as a guy that could ascend to, an all big 10 level. And if he steps the game up and ends up as like a third team, all big 10 type or something like that, that, that wouldn't shock me. He's a really good player.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as far as optimism, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I think the star power, the particularly the potential star power is really enticing about this team. Jackson Davis is going to be one of the best players in the big 10. If he's not first team, all Big Ten he will be right there in the running so you know you got one proven commodity I I talked about Lander I think he has a very serious shot at all Big Ten freshman team and I mean go look back at years past the guys who are on the all freshman team are usually third team second team type of guys I mean that's just generally how it works so I, I think he has a chance to be a really big contributor and to me I the thing about Hunter is it's so fascinating he's been totally forgotten by everybody outside of Bloomington and the dude was a big time recruit when he committed to Indiana yeah yeah everybody in the Midwest was after him and then he gets banged up and just disappears for for a couple years now and if he is back to his form he could be a really really nice player for Indiana that nobody outside again outside of Bloomington sees coming and Phenasy two is a player who I felt like he regressed a little bit last year. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, I do. But okay. Yeah. I thought he regressed a little bit as a sophomore, but certainly I as think a freshman. Was, you... Oh, go ahead. He was
1: also, I think, dealing with some injuries early mm-hmm. in the year last year and then just kind of never really was right after that. I think I could be getting my years mixed up with that too. But I, I'm pretty, I seem to recall that he was banged up and just never really was right after that and you know yeah
0: it it it, yeah i mean the freshman year he showed those flushes and you you're thinking like all right he's you know this isn't a first round nba pick or something but um you saw like this guy could be a really good really good guard for indiana for three four years here and then the sophomore year it, it it seemed like it, it something wasn't clicking, you know, as you mentioned, maybe it was an injury or something like that. I'm, I don't know if I, I recall off the top of my head here, but yeah, I, I like him as as sort of a dark horse to to break out as well. And certainly Phenasy and Lander in the backcourt should be really exciting. So those are the things I'm really optimistic about as well. Indiana, I think once again, is going to have a really solid defense. I think it'll be a really nice rebounding team. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um as far as concerns, what what are you the most concerned about for the Hoosiers this year? It's the same thing that I said earlier in this in this podcast, and the same thing I'm pretty sure I said last year, and it's three point shooting.
1: This mm-hmm. team is is a decent enough defensive team to hold teams to, to stay competitive in games. Uh, but three point shooting has been an issue for Indiana pretty much the entire Archie Miller tenure. And i now that this is year four of Archie Miller. It's the only guy that he didn't personally recruit to Indiana that's left on the team is Al Durham. So these are mostly Archie Miller guys mm-hmm. now. So I think we're you're gonna now hopefully start to from an Indiana perspective you're gonna now hopefully start to see that you need to see this team improve its three point shooting because last year they shot 32% from three, not horrible, but they need to be shooting better than that. If they're going to be competitive at the scale that they want to be, you know, you can shoot 32% and kind of be a bubble team and, and kind of give the big boys and the big 10 some scares. But I think you're going to need to be a little higher than that. If you're going to really compete for a big 10 title.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I, I, you know, when, when I was writing my preview, I put, you know, I think sometimes people get a little too carried away with the three point shot in college basketball, like the nba if you watch the nba it's everything like just look at whoever shot the three point uh shot better and that's who won the game i mean you can just look at the nba that's almost how, how it is almost every single night that is not always true in college basketball it it varies a little bit but you hit the nail on the head i mean you can you can shoot 32% you can be indiana last year they finished 204th nationally in three point percentage you can survive that a lot of nights that's okay but if you want to compete for a big 10 title you want to make a run in march you have to have the capability to have a night where you can just go lights out from three point range and i don't think indiana had that last year you know they had their ups and downs like everybody else but that is easily the biggest hole in in the team right now um additionally as you mentioned i i think the depth is a is a little tricky here um and I don't know. What what do you make of the um the wing group coming into this year? I mean, Smith is gone. Um should be a couple new faces contributing there. What do you make of, the, of that position group for the Hoosiers?
1: I mean, we talked about Hunter. Hunter's going to have to be mm-hmm. the guy there on, on on the wing is in terms if you're talking small forward. That's got to be yeah. Jerome Hunter and I they could very easily end up starting three guards at the beginning of the year. They could end up starting lander al durham and rob finnis i after just there's a bunch of different combinations another name we haven't mentioned yet that's returning for indiana is joey brunk in the front court i'm not really sure how he fits into this conversation but he's like (laughs) the only returnee that we really haven't haven't mentioned yet so (laughs)
0: he he may end up
1: starting he may end up starting i my, in in my mind, I think the starting five to start the year is probably Lander, Durham, Finnessy Jackson Davis, and Brunk. And you can mix and match that a little bit, and you could put a Jerome Hunter in there. Oh, the, and the, the other name we haven't mentioned is Ray Thompson. He's going to come off the bench, but he looked really improved last year. I was impressed with him quite often last year, actually. He was not the type of guy that's going to come in and light up the score sheet, or he's going to come in and and play a lot of like big time minutes in terms of like heavy workload but when he comes in he's a very good defender and was making grabbing a lot of key rebounds and just he you talk about a glue guy in Justin and Justin Smith Race Thompson is is a big glue guy for Indiana here that's okay. a guy you you got to keep an eye on Race Thompson there um I'm sorry, I forgot. What was the question?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, so I mean, I, I was just curious about your thoughts on the wing group, With you, which you definitely answered. Oh, well,
1: Tom, Tom, Thompson could end up being one of those wing guys. He's not really much of a shooter, not much mm-hmm. of like a three-point shooter, but especially knowing that they had Jackson Davis and Brunk uh, in the front court, he could spot into, small, he could spot into, small, into the power forward spot if they need to, but Thompson could end up playing some wing and just kind of sliding in there into the post to try to get some rebounds. Like that, But I think it's largely going to need to be Jerome Hunter just playing out in the wing and shooting threes. And when we talk about going back to the three-point conversation a little bit, part of the other problem for Indiana is that with that, they never really had that one guy that you could lean on to consistently hit that three-point shot. And you look at some of the other good teams in the Big Ten, and they had those types of guys. You know, Maryland had like an Eric Ayala that that was a really good three-point shooter who you could pretty consistently rely on to knock down shots. Indiana never had that. They had, yeah. you know, Al Durham shot 38 percent and Devontae Green shot 35 percent, but none of neither of them was a consistent enough shooter to where if you have if they have an open look from three, you nine you feel confident that they're going to make it every single time because they just didn't. And that was part of Indiana's problem and part of what I think. Hunter is going to need to, I think Hunter needs to be that guy going forward for Indiana.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that, that was sort of my, my other concern that I had, you know, the three point shooting is the biggest one as a team overall, but the wing group where you, you kind of are depending on a guy I Hunter was fantastic as a recruit. I loved him. I mean, as I said, recruited very, very hard by basically every big power in the Midwest at the time, but Again, kind of an unproven commodity at this point. So that, that to me, is the other big concern for the Hoosiers. Um, so uh, top player. Usually I like to ask, you know, who you think is going to be the best player on the team in these season previews. I think it's pretty obvious with Jackson Davis. Um, so if you have to pick out the number two guy uh, for the Hoosiers this year, who are you picking out? number two total guy for the Hoosiers. honestly.
1: Given this, I mean, Lander is your like low floor, high ceiling type of guy right here. Just because if he comes in and is kind of physically overmatched early on, he may not see as many minutes go go until he's able to put on some muscle and really physically develop to the point where he can hang compete in the Big Ten. But if he's able to to hang in physically, he's got the talent to be that second best guy on Indiana. Uh, other than that, I mean, I it, it's just kind of be going to be the behind Jackson Davis. It feels like this team is going to be one of those teams that the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. In in okay. some sense, yeah. there's a lot of guys. You know, Hunter could step up and be that guy. Uh, Rob Fennessy could step up and be that guy. Al Durham. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked that. I mean, we've I've talked a little bit about him. He has been a not exceptional, but he's been a Decent to solid player throughout his career at Indiana. He could be that guy. And there's just a bunch of guys that on any given night, it could be them. That's the number two option, but that's a big step forward for Indiana right now that, and assuming that Jackson, and it's not never a given in college basketball, but if Jackson Davis takes the step that people are expecting him to and is one of the better players in the conference as people are expecting him to be. And is that consistent number one option for Indiana. That's already progress because there are so many years where they just didn't even have that. They thought they had that a couple years ago with Romeo Langford and that just never really materialized. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, so this, this is already progress that we're talking about who's going to be the number two guy, because there's such a clear choice for who's going to be the best guy on the team.
0: I also just want to say right now to all Hoosier fans that just get the Romeo Langford torture out, off your heads. Uh, this is a different I'm guy. Sorry, don't... sorry
1: to bring it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, just don't hold Lander accountable. He had nothing to do with that. You know, just get that out of them. Cause I know everybody's thinking it. <laughs> so uh, just wanted to mention that, but um, yeah, I, I would lean Lander here. I, I think um as you mentioned, he's an unknown. He's a true freshman, so we'll see, but lander or not fantasy not true freshman, but a, a reclassified yeah, freshman he's going to be he's going to be like 17 years old at the start of the season. yeah, he's going be he's going to be young. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a growing experience for him, but um so at this point, I normally like to go through the schedule uh, at this We don't have the schedule yet at the time we're recording this podcast. We know a couple of games they're going to play at Florida State. I think they are still in the Maui Invitational, which is not in Maui, um, as, as far as I'm aware. Um, first, any thoughts as, as far as the schedule is concerned? I mean, we only have a couple of games announced as of now. And then secondly, this is the podcast I really wanted to ask it, but how big of an impact is it going to be to have no fans in Assembly Hall or very, very limited fans for the season?
1: I honestly do not have an answer as far as the schedule, just because there's so few games out there. There's not yeah. anything to really analyze. <laughs> I mean, you know, Florida State is going to be a tough – at Florida State is <laughs> going to be a tough game. They beat Florida State in, in Assembly Hall last year. But, you know, beyond that, there's not really anything to analyze, unfortunately, yeah. re- related wear-a-mask people.
0: Uh, yeah. With,
1: yeah. With And the, to your question about no fans, I think that's going to have a pretty big impact. Indiana is consistently selling out assembly hall and that place if you've ever been to assembly hall you know that place gets loud if you've ever seen assembly hall on tv you know that place gets pretty loud especially for a big game and i think that's going to be a question across you see across college basketball how what's going to happen with no fans how different is it going to be i mean it's across college college when you think of college basketball you think of the rocket atmospheres, the student sections jumping up and down. You think of, you know, you think of the student sections, like Indiana just going nuts. You think of the Cameron Crazies. You think of you, the Izzo. You think of all these different like student sections, just rowdy atmospheres for a big game. It's really interesting. I'm really interested to see what the impact is because it's been tangible in other sports in, in, you know, in, in the NFL, it's had a huge impact guys, you know, where, in a, for, let's say for a big game at Assembly Hall, like the, every time the other the opponent has the ball, it's really hard for the for the visiting team to call anything out or to really communicate verbally. Mm-hmm. So it, it it could end up having a an advantage for the away team that it's more of a neutral court than than it otherwise would be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be really tough for a team like the the best of the best. I don't think they're going to be affected that much. Maybe if they had an off day and the home court would have lifted them to a victory. But generally speaking, if you're a top five team, you're going to beat everybody everywhere because you're just really good. I think the bubble teams, though, and the teams that are just like solid, those are the ones that are going to be really impacted by not having that home court. And I know Hoosier fans are hoping that the team elevates from last year. But if it's kind of around last year's level, I think not having the fans at assembly is going to be a real negative for the Hoosiers, but we'll see. We'll see. None of us really know, as you said, it, it's hard to project because we've never seen it before. Um, at this point, uh, I'd also like to, to ask you about the starting lineup, but you already went through it. So I, there's no use beating a dead horse there. Um, so I, I do want to ask though, um, as far as um, the, the front court, you mentioned Brunk. Um, how do you see him, developing this year and and playing alongside jackson davis we saw him used together we saw him used separately um how do you see that working out this season
1: i mean i'm not sure how much development th- there is well, yeah for i guess joey he's, he's Joe, joey Brunk's gonna be a senior Brunk's gonna be a senior this year he's <laughs> already a big dude i mean he's pretty he's filled out physically i mean we saw flashes Fair of we, we saw flashes of capability of Offensive capability from him last year, and that was the problem. It was kind of just flashes, and and there were times where he would be out on the court, but would really be providing nothing. And mm-hmm. Indiana can't really afford that from Joey Brunk. I, th- I I think you'll. I agree. I think you'll see him w- out there with Jackson Davis. You'll see him out there without Jackson Davis. You'll see Jackson Davis out there without Brunk. I think that's part of the advantage that Indiana has with these two capable forward if they're able to get an improve, if they're able to get improvement from Joey Brunk, that's huge for this Indiana team because other, if Joey Brunk is the same Joey Brunk that you saw last year, I think there's going to be a lot of weight and a lot of pressure. I mean, you saw it on Jackson Davis already last year that there were times where he just needed to kind of go takeover mode and needed to be the best player on the court for Indiana. And I think some of that gets eased a little bit if Joey Brunk is
0: improved mm-hmm okay okay fair enough yeah i should i should have phrased that question a little differently but um okay okay so let's get to the the last part here everybody's favorite season predictions again we don't have a schedule so i you know i'm not going to ask you to predict a record or, or anything like that but general thoughts on indiana how do they do this year if if we get a postseason we're fortunate enough to get it this time around um do they make it what tournament they make how far they go etc cetera.
1: So I expected, honestly, I was a little surprised that Indiana wasn't ranked in the, you know, I, I kind of thought they were going to be ranked somewhere between 20 and 25 in the preseason poll to open the year. I think you'll see them float in and out of the ranks. They'll either be ranked for much of the year, or I think they'll be floating in and out of the rankings for much of the year. I think they'll, they'll be, I do think they'll show signs of improvement. It kind of depends on how big a step Jackson Davis takes and how that's kind of easy. Oh, it depends on how big a step everybody on the team takes, but you know, yeah, I I think all, all that's going to really determine their ceiling. I think they have a solid team. I think they're a tournament team, but are they a second weekend team? Are they a team that could knock on the door of the final four? I'm not sure that they're a final four team, but are they a second weekend team? I think a lot of that type of thing, are they a top 15 team? Are they, Something like, like I think that really is going to be depend. That's where, if Lander is the guy that people think they can that he can be, if these supporting cast type of players continue to take step steps forward, and the the tangible progress that we saw last year, if that continues on the upward trend and doesn't steady out, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, I think a, a, a Sweet 16 type of team, a top 15 at some point this year type of team, I don't think that's unreasonable for Indiana. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the ceiling on this team is very high and that has a lot to do with Jackson Davis. It has a lot to do with Lander and it has a lot to do with what I think, you know, Hunter and Phinnessy can do if they reach their potential. Um, I think from a projections predictions perspective, I'm, I'm lower and it's mainly because there are a lot of question marks. (laughs) You know, you got a really, really young freshman. You got Phinnessy who regressed a little bit last year, Hunter, who has this, uh, I don't want to call it lingering, but he's had this injury situation for a bit. As you mentioned, he finally has a full off season. So hopefully that works uh, out well for him, but a lot of question marks. So I'm, I'm lower uh, on Indiana, but I think they're going to be in the NCAA tournament hunt for sure this year. And I think if, if a few of those question marks come out with a positive result um, for the Hoosiers, I think they're going to be in contention for a lot of really great stuff in March. So should be a fun year. Um, with that, I, I will not keep you any longer, Seth. Um, again, if you want to just plug where people can check you out and then any final thoughts you have on the Hoosiers, um, big 10 college basketball or whatever.
1: Again, you can find me on Twitter at Seth Tao. You can easily find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever you need to find my stuff at you. My DMS are open, actively looking for sports reporter jobs. Uh, as far as my final thoughts, I'm just hoping we have a season, man. I, I I'm can, We could yes. get into a whole – this is a whole nother conversation that I'm not going <laughs> to subject you to. I have my pessimism about how this season is going to go. I, I'm hopeful that we're able to have it, but I just don't know. I, I really don't know. So everybody, be safe, do your part, and hopefully we can have college basketball. It's not going to be normal, but hopefully we can just have college basketball.
0: Absolutely, and I, I think for me – and again – we're not going to get into too much of it today. Uh, I, won't, I won't keep you, but um, I really hope. The rumor is the Big Ten conference schedule is coming this week, which as we're recording this, it's the second week of November. The rumor is it's coming this week, and I really hope, unlike the football thing, which was just butchered on so many different levels, that this is a flexible schedule. They have a lot of games that can move here and there, and I'm optimistic that the smaller size of the basketball teams will make this a lot smoother um, than the football teams where you're dealing with 70 players and 50 staff members or whatever um, the basketball staffs are much smaller uh, what 13 15 players something like that for the hoops teams usually right. so hopefully that helps and I agree we, we this country needs college basketball it needs March madness so we need it to happen um, but for everyone else and thank hopefully you, hopefully
1: the, hopefully the big ten schedule doesn't leave. Uh, certain Big Ten
0: fan bases protesting outside the Fogo de shout in, in <laughs> Chicago. I'm I'm hoping they learned their lesson from the last time, where you know it was what were what did we get to you know the third Big Ten schedule or whatever released in the year. I mean, it was a mess on so many different levels. So I'm hopeful that they've taken this uh, a little more time to to organize it. But for everyone, thank but you. It it's,
1: it's resulted in a three and IU football team. So.
0: Uh you had to bring it up. My my Wolverine. I did. Uh, I did. They, they struggled last weekend. It was rough. But congrats, congrats to Indiana. Big win. Um, <laughs> I yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough season for Michigan football. Um, but anyway, thanks again, everybody, for checking us out. We appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at t Bendit. Make sure to check out BT Powerhouse. We have all the season preview stuff going up there. Our top 25 player countdown. There's a couple hoosiers that are gonna be in the, the list. Um, as well as the team previews check that stuff out as always we'll see you guys next time and everybody wear your mask